So today, I guess, um, as we start off, I just want to talk to you about the power of a memory. Why don't you start thinking about your memories throughout your life and the things that you remember. And I want you to realize how powerful memories are, how powerful your memories are. Like, remember that time when a little kid came up and interrupted the service with a stick? <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. Your memories are powerful. And God gave you memories for a reason. So, I mean, we could talk about bad memories. I'm sure everyone sitting in this room, everybody listening to my voice has probably got some bad memories that come up from time to time. You can't help it. That's going to happen. You're going to think of those things. Like we could have memories of some type of abuse. Some of us, probably all of us, have memories of some type of loss. Maybe we've lost a loved one or someone we really cared about or we lost a job or we, there's, we probably have some memories of a time that we lost something. That's normal and natural. Some of us have memories of some type of pain or or a memory of a time we were rejected. And that pops up when we're feeling insecure. Or, But I want you to know as we start out, and I'm going to read some scriptures and stuff, and I'm going to point out a few things. But I want you to start thinking about those memories, and I want you to know that it can change the way you act when you remember something. It can change the way you act in that moment. It can change the way that you feel, right? It changes your emotions, your feelings. It, it changes the way you're feeling in that moment. It can change the way you react to whatever situation's going on in front of you. I can have a situation come up and it can bring up some memory of something that happened in the past and then that memory can change the way I react to what's going on right now. Right, you, you with me? It can change the way you react. It can bring great joy or it can bring great pain. Memories have a lot of power. Okay, so that was bad ones that we just hit on, but, but what if it's a good memory? Right, because I'm sure, I'm, I was sure we all had a bad memory, but I'm sure we all have some good memories too. Surely you've got some good memories, I hope. If not, we'll try to make some today, right now. Let's try to make you one. But if you have a good memory, guess what it can do? Same thing I just told you. Right? It can change the way you act. It can change the way you feel. It can change the way you react in a certain situation. It can bring you great joy. When you go back and remember something good, you remember when God came through for you. You remember when you, the day you had your kid. I don't know. I'm, whatever good memories you have that was that was some pretty good ones for me when i had my kids so memories they just happen you don't have to learn how to remember things you just remember things and they just happen and you can be reminded of something just by something random or something that happens it can remind you or trigger a memory good or bad it can be triggered you know, another thing that memories do, they warn you, right? Like, oh, the last time I touched fire, I got burnt. 
and you remember how painful that was, so this time you say, nope, not going to touch the fire. Just, it's being real practical, but sometimes they just warn us. They're there for a reason. Did you know smells can trigger memories? A certain smell. And it can make you go back to the last time you heard that smell. You you heard that smell. Mm -hmm. I hate it when I hear smells. It's a pretty bad smell, I guess, if you can hear it. What I'm trying to say is that memories are powerful. And your brain, there's all kinds of different studies, but your brain produces the same chemicals whether it's a memory that you're sitting there thinking about or whether it's happening to you in real time. If I'm sitting here remembering a time I was afraid, then my brain produces cortisol and my brain produces adrenaline and all these things that, as if it were happening to me right now. So that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Depends on what I'm sitting here remembering. I'm going to look at Psalm 103. We're going to jump around to a few few verses, but I want to start out with Psalm 103 and look at what David says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's like he's reminding his soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not or remember Forget not all of his benefits. So David, he's in a rough place right now, and he's reminding himself, don't forget. Remember all of God's benefits. And he's saying this to himself. This is a song, and he's singing it to himself. Well, what are his benefits? The next few verses, David goes on to list some of the benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with the loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord exceedeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. So David says right there in those few verses, he forgives us, he heals us, he redeems us, he crowns us, he satisfies us, he renews our youth. He makes his ways known to us. I mean, he makes his ways known to us. Yeah, even if we can't see it in the middle of it. Like when we look back, we can see his hand working in our lives. And in those memories and in the past. And he makes his ways known to us if we seek him. He's merciful. He's gracious. So forget not. Don't forget to remember. So I feel like I'm supposed to tell you today, don't forget to remember. 
There are some things that we need to remember. There are some things that you need to remember and form patterns. David's saying right there in that psalm, remember God. Don't forget his benefits. Sometimes I forget the things that I need to remember. And I remember the things that I need to forget. What about y'all? I, I think sometimes I, even in certain relationships, like it's, it's kind of easy to just remember when they were a jerk. And you forget all them times that they helped you out. I mean, sometimes I just forget the things I need to remember and I remember the things that I need to forget. God is the most important relationship in your life. And we probably all agree with that. I say it all the time up here, preaching and stuff like that. So, of course, I believe that. But just because He's the most important to me, it doesn't mean that I always remember how important he is. It doesn't mean that I always remember all that he's done for me or how many times he's come through for me or, or that I even realize when he does something for me. It doesn't mean he's not important to me. Of course God's important to me. There are some people that are really important to me and sometimes I don't remember their birthday. I forgot to remember that. Right? Having running water at my house is really important and sometimes I forget to pay the water bill. Right? Like, so even if it's important to you, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to remember it. Oh, I didn't bring my coffee cup down here with me. I have this cool coffee cup um, that my boys gave me for Father's Day. And it's got the little leather, this little leather handle thing that slides over it. And it says, like, best dad in the world on it. And they gave it to me this Father's, this past Father's Day. So that was only, what, like a month, a little over a month ago. And so last week I'm in the kitchen and I'm drinking out of it. And I like it. It's my favorite cup. I drink out of it when I study up here and stuff. And Malachi says, oh, that's pretty cool. Where'd you get it? Turn the cup towards him like it says, best dad in the world, whatever. He said, who gave you that? And I said, you did. You signed the card. I wonder if mom bought the present. <laughs> Malachi just did, oh. Uh. <laughs> Maybe he just forgot to remember. <laughs> he forgot that he bought me that present and he signed the card of how I was the greatest father. Or maybe his brothers just bought it. Don't forget to remember. Hey, guys, don't forget to remember your anniversary. There's certain things we make it a point to remember. It's a priority to remember certain things. Do you ever get distracted and forget what you were talking about? I hate it when I forget the point that I was trying to make. Like if I feel like I had this really good point and then I get distracted or somebody interrupts and I, then I forget what I was saying. Like it's so aggravating. And I'll sit there thinking about it for the next hour trying to think, man, what was I saying? That was going to be good. I can't remember where I, like why did I start telling that story? And I forget. 
Sometimes I just forget to focus. What about giving? Do you ever forget to give? You know, we didn't have church for a while, and I know a lot of y'all forgot to give. <laughs> Do you ever, like, we want to live a generous life, but then we just don't think about it. Why? We don't make it a priority. It, it's not a, we don't make it a point to remember. I guess what I'm saying is there are certain things we need to make a conscious effort to remember. Like I said at the start, a lot of memories are just going to happen. <clears throat> a lot of things are just going to pop in your minds. They're going to be triggered. They're, but you can make a conscious effort to remember certain things. So Exodus 13, 3, after, um, after Moses had freed the children of Israel from slavery and he got them away and God did some awesome, crazy things. Look at this. I'm just going to read you one verse here. Exodus 13, 3. Moses said to the people, always remember this day. Mark your calendars. From now on, this day, every year, remember it. This is important. So this is Moses giving God's people some instructions, and he said, never forget this day. It's going to be very valuable in the future that you remember this one. This is going to be like a holiday. So mark your calendars. Remember it. This is going to be a holiday. Always remember this day. This is the day when you came out of Egypt from a house of slavery. And God brought you out of here with a powerful hand. Don't eat any raised bread. Deuteronomy 7, 17. I'm just going to read you a couple of these verses real quick and then we'll talk about them. Still Moses. You're going to think to yourselves. He's talking to them about the promised land. That God said you're all going to go into the promised land. And it was inhabited by all these people and these giants and these armies that were all bigger than them. They were slaves. They didn't have weapons. They didn't have a way to win this fight. And so here's what Moses says to them. Here's how he tells them they're going to do it. You're going to think to yourselves, oh, we're outnumbered 10 to 1 by these nations. We'll never even make a dent in them. But I'm telling you, don't be afraid. If I'm the people, I'm thinking, well, how am I not going to be afraid? We are outnumbered 10 to 1. We can't make a dent in them. How, like, how are we not going to be afraid? Look what he says. Here's how to not be afraid. Remember. Yes, remember in detail what God, your God. See, he made it personal. Not just a God. Remember in detail what God, your God, did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. Remember the great contest to which you were eyewitnesses. The miracle signs, the wonders. God's mighty hand as he stretched out his arm and took you out of there. God, your God is going to do the same thing to these people you're now so afraid of. Remember, he said when you're feeling afraid, like when the circumstances look like they're going to kill you, when it looks like things aren't going to work out, when it looks like you're not going to walk into the land, when it looks like you're going to become slaves again, he said just remember God. Remember, he's your God. Remember how powerful he is. Remember all the things that he walked you out of in the past.
Like, don't forget God. Otherwise, you're going to be afraid. You're going to get scared. Don't remember in Egypt when you were getting whipped. Because they could have chose to remember that. What would that do? That would have reinforced we're too weak. We can't win. We don't have weapons. We've never had military training. We can't. So whatever memory they chose in that moment could have kept them out of the land or gave them the faith to walk in the land. Either memory, whatever they chose. And Moses is like, remember, he's God. He's your God. Remember how powerful he is. And and I like how what we just read, how Moses said to him, remember every detail. Like go over it. Pretty much like convince yourself that God did it and he can do it. Look at Lamentations 3.19. I'll never forget. Yeah, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Remember we started out talking about there are some bad memories. And you're going to remember them. I'm not just standing up here saying, oh, you've never felt any pain and you've never been through bad things. And we all have. And we all have those memories. And here this starts out like, I remember it all. The poison I've swallowed. The taste of ashes. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. These memories keep popping up. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. What what is that? What what is it that I can choose to remember? Because I'm going to still remember these other things. I'm going to still remember the pain and stuff. But, But the writer here says there's another thing. Oh yeah, there's one more thing. I make sure I remember that and I keep a grip on hope. It gives me hope for the future. What is it? He says it in the next couple verses. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over and over and over. How many times do I need to remember God's goodness and faithfulness? As many times as it takes. Over and over and over. And when I'm thinking about the taste of the ashes and the the poison that I've swallowed and the abuse and the hurt and the whatever it is, the loss, the pain, then I will choose to remember God. I remember that His mercies are renewed every morning. And every time I wake up, there's fresh mercy. He said, I remember it over and over and over. He's all I've got left. So in Exodus 6, you guys know the story of when God called Moses to go set the children of Israel free from slavery. 
Moses was on the backside of the desert keeping sheep. They weren't even his sheep. He was keeping his father-in-law's sheep working out there. And we don't know a whole lot about what happened to Moses in those 40 years that he was on the run, but we know that he had a staff. We know I had Sky bring this down out of my office. Bring this staff down here. So we know that Moses was just out keeping the sheep and that he had his staff in his hand and he saw a burning bush and the bush was on fire but it wasn't burning up so he stopped and, and God said, Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses was like, staff? And God said, will you lay it down? Now, I found this really interesting this week, and, and I, read, I read this little paper that uh, a guy that studies Hebrew and artifacts and the Hebrew stuff in the museums and things like that, and he wrote this little article about the staff. And he said that there was a time in history when they would the Hebrews would give their little boys... A staff, a lot of times at the age two, as young as two years old, and a pocket knife. Because they didn't have notepads or iPads or anything. And we've talked before about how the staff was your identification. And that's true. The staff was your identification. It, it also represented your authority. So there would be different marks on the staff for your authority or that you were a leader over certain things or, you know, like a king would have a certain staff or, or things like that. But for the Hebrews and for old Moses, they would use it almost like a journal, a diary. They would write things that they wanted to remember. They would carve them in the staff as they sat and watched their sheep. And down, so down here at the bottom, you know, he may have had carved the stories he was told about when he was pulled out of that river. When he could have died and Pharaoh's daughter found him. So he might have carved a little river down there with some reeds and a little boat that was made. And he would have carved any big events in his life. He would have carved in there whenever something miraculous happened or whenever God got him through something. So we've looked at this before, but I've never looked at it and thought about this, that, that that staff represented who he was, his identity, and that staff had all his memories on there, his life. And so when God said, what's in your hand? Moses looked down. My memories. It's who I am. It's me, and God said, can you lay it down? And we know the story. Moses laid it down and it turned into a snake. And It's funny if you go read it in Exodus 6 when it says, Moses said, yeah, and he laid it down. It turned into a snake. And it says, Moses turned around and ran away. And God said, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. Come back, pick it up by the tail. And that's where some people think that Moses' stutter came from. Whoa, 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 what? Kidding. These are the jokes. And he picked it back up. But as I was studying this and thinking about it this week, I was thinking about that he looked down at his life. He looked at his memories. 
And then after that day, he probably carved a burning bush on there. And then he went to Pharaoh and he used the staff to to turn an island to blood. And so he probably carved that on there. Because God did it. And then one time when Pharaoh wouldn't listen and and God said, use the staff and he stuck it into the sand and then the sand turned into gnats. And so he probably carved that on there and he carved all these plagues on there. And every time God kept using him and using him and using the staff. Till finally Pharaoh let the people go. And I was thinking about when they were running. And they came to the sea and Pharaoh's army came and they were about to be killed. And we all know the story of how how Moses held up the staff and parted the waters. And I've never looked at it that way to think that, you know what Moses was doing? He was reminding himself and probably reminding the people, there's what God did before. And he's looking at the plagues and he's looking at the bush and he's looking at the time he was saved out of the river and he's looking and he's, he's remembering God because he's up against the impossible. Like he can't get across there. He can't get this million people across that river and, and you got Pharaoh's army coming. They can't beat them. It's over. They're dead. He missed it. He messed up. And not only did he mess up and kill himself, he just got all these people killed. Like, that's the reality of the situation he was in. It was pretty serious. It wasn't like he took a wrong turn. It was bad. What'd he do? Immediately, he remembered God. He remembered God's faithfulness. He remembered what God said. He held up the staff. He held up his memories. And he remembered that God would come through for him again. You can spend your life looking to the left, looking to the right, looking around at other people, how God uses them or how God came through for them or and not remembering all that God has done for you. A lot of people do it. Oh, that's cool that Dusty went through a tough situation. I'm glad God came through for him. Well, I'm glad old so-and-so's seen God's faithfulness or God's been good to them, but we look around at other people and fail to remember God's goodness in our lives. Fail to realize or see it. If you can't think of anything else good, anything else that God's done for you, you could start with the cross. Just that. That he sent his son to die for you. And while you were at your worst, he hung on a cross and took your sin and shame and pain. And it's weird because it's one of those things that like, You would think after you think about it so much and you go over it so much that Jesus died on the cross for me, his blood was shed for my sins, that you would think after you think about it for a while, it would just get old, but it doesn't. It still moves me. 
Read Hebrews 12, 1. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there. In the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith. Saying when it's hard to believe. Go over that story again. Adam by Adam that long litany of hostility he plowed through he's saying remember Jesus just what Moses was saying to the children of Israel he said remember it in detail go over that story over and over think about Jesus think about the life that he lived think about the price that was paid for you go over that story over and over what will it do when I remember Jesus that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Anybody need some adrenaline shot into your soul? Go over that. Remember. It's easy to look at somebody else and think, wow. I wish I could pray like that. I wish God had come through for me like he did for them. I, I wish I had that much faith. Wish I could see God like that. The Bible tells us that every man has been given a measure of faith. Like we've all been given a measure of faith. We all have the same amount of faith. Just like every man's been given muscles. But on some of us, you can't see them. Right? Why? We ain't been working them. Certain ones you can see and certain ones you can't see. How you work them determines what people see. One of the greatest ways to work your faith is to remember the faithfulness of God. Why? Because it makes you trust and believe that if He did it before, He's going to do it again. It trains your brain to look for God. Even in an impossible situation, it, it, it's me training myself that I'm going to find God. I'm going to see how He's working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember. I'm going to tell the story of how God came through. I'm I'm going to keep looking for Him. But I remember the faithfulness of God. 1 Samuel 17. I preached about this a few weeks ago about David and Goliath. And I didn't even notice this when I preached it. Well, actually, I didn't know this about the staff representing the memory 
Look at this. 1 Samuel 17. Remember when uh, David was going to go fight Goliath and, and Saul tried to give him his armor and David said, I can't wear it, it doesn't fit. That's where we're jumping in the story, just right here, these two verses. David told Saul, I can't even move with all this stuff on me. I'm not used to this. And he took it all off. He couldn't be someone else. Then look what happens in verse 40. Then David took his shepherd's staff. David took his staff before he took his sling, before he picked up the stones. He put off Saul's armor and he said, Saul, thank you. I got to be me. And the first thing he grabbed was his staff. You know why? He looked at that staff and saw a little bit of blood from that lion he killed. He saw the carvings from that bear that he killed. He started looking back at the times that God had come through for him in the past. At past victories. That song that we all sang together today, I'm going to see a victory. Just popped in my head. That's what we're going to do in a few minutes when I call the worship team back up to sing that song again. (laughs) While we take communion. But David took his staff and remembered all the times that God came through for him in the past. Then he picked up smooth stones and his sling and went down the hill and killed the giant. Psalms 23, it's probably the most famous passage in the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, David wrote this. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I have thought when I read that before, that's kind of weird. How does a staff bring comfort? Well, when we know that about the memories, it makes it pretty clear. How a staff brings comfort. Because I'm choosing to remember the faithfulness of my God. And when I see the staff, I remember that God did it once and he can do it again. And when I look at the staff, it gives me faith. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And even if I'm in death's valley, and even if I don't see how I'm going to get across this next river, and even if... I think it's over. Your staff comforts me. I'm going to read you one more verse. And then I'm going to call the worship team back up. This is a pretty cool verse. Hebrews 11, verse 21. One verse here. And, uh, you know, Hebrews 11 is known by a lot of people as the hall of faith. And it's telling, you know, about all our 
uh, heroes in the faith and by faith so and so did this and by faith that but look at this verse 21 says by faith Jacob y'all remember who Jacob is right God changed his name to Israel pretty important person in the Jewish history and in our faith and what we believe Jacob but he was born a deceiver and a cheater a liar and God changed his name changed his story and he went through a lot of hard things a lot of stuff he wrestled with God by faith Jacob when he was dying at the end of his life blessed both of the sons of Joseph that's his grandchildren and worshiped leaning upon the top of his staff picture this old man Jacob he was leaning on the top of his staff worshiping looking down that thing at all the times God had come through he leaned on that staff and he blessed his grandchildren the next generation coming up after him and he could look down at that staff and say, hey, I'm not finishing this thing how I started. God came through for me over and over and over again. I'm, I'm not a cheater. I'm not a liar. He turned it into worship. Progress apart from purpose gives birth to pride Jacob was leaning on a memory and worshiping every blessing that you turn into worship it doesn't turn into pride When God gives you something and you give it back to Him and you worship Him and you, you make a memory of God's faithfulness. He remembered how far He had come. I'm not what I was. Maybe you don't even have any God memories today. I think you probably all do have something, but maybe you don't even have a God memory. I believe you can make one today here in this moment in his presence. You can start because I remember I got so many God memories and I can see so many times that he came through for me. How? Worship team, if y'all come back up and we're going to close this thing out with a song. You can create memories that will give you strength when you're weak. But it might take a conscious effort. It's going to be on purpose. Did you know that people and the devil and circumstances, they can't steal your memories. They can't take it away. You can choose to remember so how do you remember? 
you tell the story. Right? If I, if I want to remember something, like if something happens to me and I want to remember it, you tell a couple people. You tell the story. And the more times you tell the story, the easier it is to remember. I remember things that happened in my childhood, and I'm not really sure if I remember the actual event happening or if I just remember it because, like, we've told the story so many times. I heard my parents tell the story, or you heard your grandpa tell the story. So I don't even know, but I know I remember certain things that happened just because we choose to tell the story. If you hear a joke and you want to remember it because you thought that was a funny joke, how are you going to remember it? You tell it. You say it. You speak it. You tell it over and over. So there's three ways that you can remember that I wrote down. That's the one. Simple. Just tell it. Tell about God's goodness so you don't forget. Tell people. Revelation tells us that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Testimony is simply means your God story. So how are you going to overcome the blood of the Lamb? It's Jesus' blood, the sacrifice that was made for you on the cross, paid for your sins, and the word of your testimony. It's you telling your God story. It's you telling how, hey, man, look at this. God came through for me when I was five years old. He saved my life. When I was... And, and it's you holding up those memories and going back and telling that story. The second one is you value those memories. It's just to place value on it. The way your brain works is it holds on to and remembers things that you think are valuable. Things that you place value on. See, like we can be watching a movie and something funny happens in the movie and I remember it because to me, I placed great value on that funny thing that happened in the movie. And then, you know, a few days later, I can say it to Jesse and she's like, has no clue what I'm talking about. What? Oh, because in her brain, she placed no value on that dumb comment that was made in the movie. So her brain just weeded that right on out and skipped right on over it. And it's like she never heard it. So I remember it days, months, weeks later, and I say it to somebody to try to be funny. She never even remembers it. It's as if she never heard it. Why? Simply because I placed value on it, so my brain was like, oh, that's important to us. Remember it. My brain repeats it over and over, and yours does that too, whether you realize it or not. What you place value on, your brain will try to remember it because it thinks it's valuable. If you don't place value on the moments that God comes into your life and you don't place value on worship services and, and prayer time when you feel like God spoke to your situation, if you don't place value on His voice, then it's going to be really hard to remember it. It's super easy to forget because it's not valuable to you. So your brain just weeds it out because you can't remember everything. You can't remember everything that ever happens. So your brain's just constantly deciding that's important, that's not important. That's important, that's not important. So that was the second one. You place value on these memories. Last one. You get around people and you place yourself in circumstances that will remind you. 
You surround yourself with people that are going to remind you how good God is. You surround yourself with people that are going to say, hey, hey, I know things are really bad right now. I know you're in a hard situation, but hold up. Look at my staff. They're going to remind you about the times that God came through for them. And that's going to strengthen your faith. They're going to remind you about times that God came through for you. That you're not even remembering at the moment. If you surround yourself with people and you put yourself in the right places. When we all stand in here and we worship together, don't take that lightly. When we stand in here and worship, what we're doing is we're singing these songs in unison, in unity together. And we're we're reminding ourselves and each other the value that we place on our God. We remind ourselves how big our God is. We remind ourselves that He's a way maker. We remind ourselves that's what worship is. That's why I think it's so cool that at the end of Jacob's life, it says that he was leaning on his memories. He was leaning on his staff and he was worshiping. And he was imparting something to the next generation. The blessing. Get around people. Put yourself in situations to remember God. Remember what He's done. Remember, uh, there was a story about Moses with that same staff, since we're on Moses. Um, there was a story about Moses with that staff and God told him that they were going to war in a battle they should lose and God said as long as you hold up the staff we'll win as long as you hold up those memories as long as you remember the faithfulness we won't lose Moses got tired and he couldn't hold it up anymore He, he started kind of forgetting the memories started to fall and he started to see his people losing. But thank God that Moses was in relationship. He was surrounded by people. It was Aaron and her. Her was a man. Aaron and her came up and stood on both sides of him and they said, hey, sit down on this rock. And Moses sat down on a rock and they held up his arm. And they held up the staff. And they said, we're going to force you to remember. Our people will remember. Remember our God. Remember what he's done. When Jesus, when Jesus gave the disciples communion, he said, hey guys, this is what I want you to do. Took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, and what? Remembrance of me. Remember me. The word on the street says, uh, do this as a memory trigger. Remember what I did for you. And then he takes the cup and he says, this is my blood shed for the remission of your sin. Do this often. And as you do, remember me. Why? Because there's power in the memory. And even if you don't have any other God memories right now, like I said a few minutes ago, that one's enough to know that He died for your sins. His body was broken for you. 
to be whole and healed and alive and free. His blood was shed for the remission of your sins. So just that one's enough. Jesus said, do it. Do it often. Remember me. So we're going to sing this uh, song uh, that we sang earlier. I'm going to see a victory because that's what we're talking about is a victory in our personal lives and but ultimately the victory of our God. He can't be defeated. He's undefeated. Jesus' victory, God's victory. I'm going to ask uh, whoever of the prayer team that was going to serve communion is going to come up here. So if you want to take communion, um, invite you to come and partake. And if you want to just come down and, and worship as we sing this song out, then that would be cool too. And just... I encourage you to just take a minute and remember God's faithfulness. Remember how big our God is. Remember the times He's come through for you in the past. Be reminded of that. The God I serve knows only how to try Oh my God will never fail Oh my God will never fail Cause I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle
God, we love you. God, we thank you that you got the ultimate victory once and for all. That through the cross, you beat death, hell, and the grave. That you made a way for us to be in relationship with you. For us to come back into your family, to be grafted in. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. We, We thank you for the memories that we're making even now here in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen.